All right. Hello, everyone. This is Jen with Bright Families. And today I'm interviewing Cassandra. And she has a ministry for specifically blended families. And can you tell us a little bit about that? So I wanted a place for other blended families to be able to have resources. Because when I was becoming a blended family and in my Catholic faith, there were no resources out there. And God had put it on my heart years ago, <laughs> but I didn't listen until now. And there are so many blended families in the church now that we're learning about and previously before. And so to be able to have resources to guide them through this as much as they're able to, to keep a consistent, happy household who mm -hmm. loves and serves God no matter what. And so that's what I do. I try to help the moms, you know, feel that they're doing exactly what they need to be doing, even in the stress and the chaos and the worry that they can still show up for their kids and themselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. So particularly <laughs> when like the custody situation is weird and you yes. can't control where the kids go to school and exactly the weekends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. And so, and sometimes in this um, situation, you don't become blended right away too. So it could be a newly divorced Catholic mom. So I guide them through, you know, the whole court process and be there, you know, holding their hand to give that support and how to, you know, navigate through that. And then when they become a blended family, introducing the kids together, you know, the new, you know, relationships, and then a whole nother step, if you guys decide to have blended babies. So there's the yours, mine, and then ours. And right. so to be able to mesh that all well, on top of the other families, visitations that each family sometimes has to do, not always the case, but it is in our right. case. So there's two different sets of court, you know, hearings, and then there's two sets of visitation schedules. So yeah. Wow. Is it all <laughs> in a big Google calendar to kind of keep everything straight or? For our house, it's not because, so my two girls, we've had the same orders for the last two years. And so the only time it starts to get crazy is in the holidays because those switch right. and they're not on the same. And then yeah. for my husband's girls, they just started seeing their mom again, and they only go maybe once a week for two hours. So that's never an issue. So right. and it's just my side that's more crazy, but that's not the case for everybody. But the holidays is where it's really, I'm like, oh, wait, who has this? Who has this? When does this start? So for Thanksgiving this year, I have the girls for Thanksgiving, but it's already my time but I won't have them for Christmas. So, you know, mm -hmm. trying to remember all that. So right. yeah. you're changing your Christmas Eve schedule and try to get all the specialness in and exactly. Digital mass. Yeah. 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 And so growing yeah. up for me, I grew up with three different households. So I lived with my mom, my stepdad, my dad and my stepmom and my grandpa. And so we wow. always celebrated Christmas Eve, no matter what. So that's always my favorite thing anyway. So mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And why don't you tell people how many kids you have between the two of you now, how many okay. you brought to the relationship and how many you had. And Okay. So when my, my husband and I first started dating, he had five girls. I had two girls and then uh, we had three kids together and adopted our niece. So that's 11. Wow. <laughs> and we only have one boy. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Wow. 
so many feelings, that many girls yeah. in the house. My husband gets a lot of sympathy from the world just for having five girls, but I'll tell him oh, I yeah. somebody who has 10. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah. And so everybody lives at home. The oldest is 24 and the youngest is one. So. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when you were going through your separation divorce and yeah. when people were trying to reach out to you, this is, you know, the other side of things in the Catholic world, a lot of people stick it out even when maybe they shouldn't and it's super yeah. bad, whatever. But the reality is it's a small portion of people who are getting divorced. Yes. And then those who are not, I know I've been in this position with two or three people now. And one of them who is a close friend Mm -hmm. of kind of wondering, what can I do? And you know, try to be tactful. I don't think I've put my foot in it too much. Try to be there for them take, take my friend out shopping or let's go out for coffee or dinner, just the normal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is challenging. And I, I sometimes wonder if there's something more or different that I should be doing. So w- what would you say would be the way to approach this as a friend? I feel that if you can be there no matter what, and kind of be that stability, even if it's not, you know, letting her vent, that's very helpful. But another way is to try not to get advice unless you've been there too, because each situation is very different. Mm -hmm. And to be able to just be that rock, but really the spiritual part of it is what she's going to need the most is if you could pray for her, offer masses up for her, you know, like, Hey, let's go to adoration for an hour together or something, something like that. So for me, I had to do this without being Catholic. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. it's a whole new realm that opens up the possibilities. And another thing is, if you get to see how she is as a mother, and if she's going to court, if you can provide, you know, a testimony even, you know, to the judge, like if you want to involve yourself that far, I've seen her be this type of mother and how she is with her kids. That's always been something that I've sought out for my friends at church that I really trust and that have been there through the whole, you know, custody battle and becoming Catholic battle that I have a whole file of letters from our parish friends. So even something quite like that, just encouraging, like, Hey, I'm just thinking about you. I'm just praying for you, you know, sending great quotes and, you know, scriptures and Mm -hmm. you're doing great. You know, just encouragement really helps uplift somebody. Yeah. yeah. It's obviously a very isolating experience. It's painful. It's it's unique. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, And, and frankly, like when you're outside of it, there's a little bit of survivor syndrome, right? Where you're kind of like, you feel guilty and weird, like, and, and you're looking at your friend and you're like, I know how hard they tried and that is not fair. And it just, yeah, you, you feel guilty for that a bad thing happened to them and it didn't happen to you when you know that they are no worse of a person than Absolutely. Yeah. Just being that stability for them is, it can be so life-changing that encouragement, that's a random text message, you know, just keeping your friendship the same and not, you know, going into it, just letting her have that normal mom friend time. So, okay. Okay. And then, and what would you say about with the kids? Because, um, 
you know, the kids can start to exhibit a lot of awkward behaviors, you know, as this, as their life unravels, which is totally understandable. But then as a parent, you know, I've, I've kind of debated like what boundaries, where do I set it? Am I supposed to be that adult who's not the mom that says, Hey, that's not cool. That's not acceptable. You can't treat my kid like that. Is that my role? Or should I just try to separate my friendship with my friend from our kids interacting until things settle down because you don't want your kid to be exposed to a ton of bad example or even maybe passing on abuse that they've received so what would you say about do you have any advice that you give to people about how to navigate those boundaries absolutely I think for the initial part I think having it just as a friendship until you can really set those boundaries with your friend I think that is so important because you don't want to have to expose your kids if you don't have to and already when the kids are dealing with the two different households you are having to deal with when they get home, they seem to have forgotten all their rules in your house, you know, in their own house. And that's when all of the ba- behaviors come out. And then it takes like a couple of days for them to even get back in that routine. And then it's time for them to go again. And especially on the mom side, because they are the stable, consistent, loving, the kids are going to react a whole different way than it's, you know, in our case, Disneyland dad, right? They get to go do all the fun stuff. And then when you're here, it's, you know, we go to math, it's real life. Yeah, absolutely. And so once they can get that down, then you guys can slowly like, Hey, let's have the kids hang out for like an hour, but you need to lay your boundaries down and what your expectations are, because it's not fair to, you know, the other kids that they don't know what's happening. And for Mm -hmm. those kids to lash out because it's what they've seen you know, from the other part of their house too. And so, and we can't control that, but we can control what our kids do. So if you're ready to set those boundaries, like, Hey friend, I want our kids to be able to hang out, but I don't want this and this and this to happen. So maybe we can try like an hour at the park, you know, something like that. I think slow and steady is the way to go and make sure that you know, one of the things that I've learned is when you have a boundary, there also needs to be, you know, a disciplinary action for when right. those boundaries are crossed. And so, yeah. yeah. Otherwise it's just a request. I know. And, and I feel exactly. like maybe it's just me being a, you know, a shoddy boundary setter, but I, I have a, I have to really think through what is the consequence? What am I actually willing to do that? I'm not going to cave because it's going to feel too mean in the moment. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes boundaries, some boundaries are instinctual, but some of them I really have to think through before yeah. I even know what to say. And so I end up doing nothing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, um, the community you provide for people, you've got resources like yes. how, how to go to court, how to manage your mind when the hearings don't go well, because that's mm-hmm. always how it's going to happen with the broken court system. I know I watched my friend gather so much evidence. Um, she thought she would be able to show that, you know, how much more committed she was to the kids well-being, and it wouldn't be 50-50 and it just did not play out that way. Yeah, it doesn't always play out that way. The biggest thing is for, you know, the mom fighting is to be able to get as much evidence as possible to show, to document um, recordings, all that stuff. And you 
I have files like this big, you know, this is a journal for this situation when this happens and the kids come home and they say all this stuff, this is visual proof, you know, audio proof and everything like that. Yeah. And, you know, to be able to have that. And then in our community, I have a private Facebook group and then I do, you know, the one-on-one coaching, but I do have the courses to navigate court and to have the spiritual army around you. And, you know, to be able to take that and go into court with peace in your heart and to be able to just really fight with peace. And then when you do have the blended family and as a blended mom, I have that course to really help you and to just keep going through it because there's so many new things when you have the blended family. Oh, you're not my mom. I don't have to listen to you. <laughs> Lord, I've never heard that, but gosh, I remember being a kid and be like, you're not my dad, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so like, those are real situations. And for a mom to hear something like that, oh my gosh, it just breaks you open. And so to have yeah. that community and to have those resources that they can go back constantly. Okay. God's asked me to be here. I am the consistency in their life. And for the mom to remember that, to know her worth as the mom and to have that dignity as a mom is so important. That's why it's my, you know, my mission to be able to do this and be like, Hey, I know what you're going through. If I could hug you, I will, but I'm going to be your best friend through this. I'm going to be your sister, whatever you need me to be for you. So I can help you because I don't want you to be alone. You know, this is not easy and God needs you to do this. Remember God is asking you to do this. So great. Right. And I mean, for a woman, they're just, it's so hard to maintain your sense of self-worth with such a primal kind of rejection that you're going through. And then the kids are like animals closing in on the kill. If they, oh. they want to be, you know, you mm-hmm. might, that's oh, super yeah. but it's that dark human instinct to mm-hmm. kick people when they're down and, and oh, teenagers yeah. particularly since they smell blood, you know, yes, <laughs> be 10 and up if it's girls, I think it might be 10 and up, but it's not even yes. to the teens. Yep. Um, so are there any particular like parenting books or resources that you found out there? Or are you kind of inventing these because they don't really exist? Yeah, I'm trying to invent them. You know, I have done so much resource, you know, research and I've looked for so many resources. I've asked all, you know, my Catholic podcasters and authors and like, uh, do you guys have anything? And they're like, no, sorry. I was like, do you guys know any other blended family? No, sorry. I'm like, okay, well. Lord, here I am. Let's go to work. So, yeah. So, yeah. What kind of techniques? I mean, it's bad enough when your own kids are saucy and they're like, I don't have to listen to you because you're not cool and I don't like you. But then if they can further say, you're not my mom, I don't want you here. Right. Um, I mean, they can lay it on even thicker. So what, what would you counsel a mom to say? If it's just like, you got to pick up your clothes or you didn't take out the trash or whatever the chores are like, well, how do you help people hold their boundaries? Cause it's hard enough with your own kids. It is. So the biggest thing I like in a blended family, it's nice that when you have a husband, so like my husband is the authority in the house. So if I say something, he respects my words. What did your mom say? Did she already give you a, you know, an answer? Then why are you talking to me? You need to give your mom the dignity. I'm the mom of the house. That's what we say. I'm the mom of the house. He's the dad of the house. <laughs> so we have those in line. And so to have that is very helpful. And, you know, I love that Sterling just had that my husband yells too much at the kids. Yeah, yeah. 
I was very grateful with that because I do support my husband when he said, oh, you are not speaking kindly to your little sister. They don't know what sarcasm is. You do not do that. That happened today in our house. And Mm -hmm. so to have that authority, it just backs me up. So if I say something, hey, you need to go clean your room and they don't listen, I tell them, I don't want to have to wait for the third time that I've told you. And then I blow up because you don't listen to me. Right. So we try to stop that. If we have that good disciplinary action that, you know, works in the first time, it has to be good enough to work. Right. So my 13 year olds right now, if you don't do that, you're going to get your phone taken away for Mm -hmm. a day. And that is like, oh, no, you know. So it really, every kid is so different. And like our 16 year olds, they love learning so much. I'm like, okay, you're going to sit out here and you don't get to read, you know? So it's different for the child. But once they realize that you're not messing around, then everything will start to run smoothly until there's another like lapse and stuff, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So so mostly you and your husband are just on the same page about where the boundaries are and- Mm -hmm what the consequences are and you're kind of exactly. you're working together. And yeah. so they know that they can't get away with it. Yep. Exactly. And exactly. Then, then you kind of figure out what's most meaningful to the kids. Yep. Take away. That's the consequence. And you just exactly. kind of, so you, you're not messing around with like baby consequences at this point. You're just no. going to go straight to the real one because yep. you don't have time for all of exactly. that. Exactly. And then for like a single mom who's dealing with it, it's really hard because we want to, we have to be the, both the mean mom and the nice mom. And so it's yeah. like, you want to go apologize. Like, Oh, I'm sorry that happens, you know, but you need to listen that just like kind of crumbles it down. So you need right. to have that sternness, which, Oh boy, it is so hard, but I've seen the effects of when that doesn't happen and you do go and you know, Oh, I'm sorry that I did that. You know, I'll try not to do that again, or I won't yell at you for like, you know, and so all that work that you just put in just, you know, so that foundation as the strict mom, you know, the consistency, that's what they need. The consistency, it needs to be there. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, no, you're not late for choir. Go. You're not late. Go. I won't take you if you're asking again. Nope. I don't think she's late for anything. Nope. She just didn't look at the clock. Um, (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, I mean, sometimes people are in a situation, even within a marriage, where their spouse doesn't back them up. So, they're almost more like the single mom, but maybe Mm -hmm. some actively undermining their authority. Oh, yes. I've seen that often. So then um, what would be your, I mean, because then it's like, then you do the firm boundary thing. And then this other adult comes in and says, boy, she is so mean, right? Like, and then the kids already are inclined to believe that if they're teens. Yeah. So it's a, that seems like almost the most difficult scenario. Like, because it is. Where you have somebody kind of coming in and out who's going to undermine you. Yeah. Are there any any friends you've counseled through this kind of situation where it's not quite the blended family, but that still they need your advice for the boundary setting aspect of it? Yeah. So this actually we see super often in our own family as well because my husband's family is so big as well, and my sister's family is so big, and so we see that just in our own family, and it's just like, oh my gosh, it's so heartbreaking because 
this person, the wife, just like, oh, please don't do that. We're going to do that later. And then, no, it's okay. They can do that right now. I'm like, right in front of them, there's no dignity as, you know, a husband and wife in that situation. And I think that when that's the case, the wife would, you know, I would in my, you know, I came from an abused relationship and it was not like it didn't work that way. And so now in a Catholic marriage, like I can go up to my husband, even if it's scary, like, dude, I do not appreciate that you did not give me the dignity as a mom and the respect that I needed as your wife. And you just went to actually, you know, sometimes that does happen in our relationship once in a while. Oh, I didn't realize I'm so sorry. But when we talk it out and be like, hey, this is what I need to happen because the kids are not listening to me. And that's not okay. Because if you're not going to be here all day, taking that responsibility on, then you can't do that. So I think it's just mm-hmm. to be brave and to do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to really set those boundaries because you know, what is scary. You know, this is a husband who is supposed to be the head of the household. Right. And right. when it doesn't act that way and it's not as smooth, then you really need to, you know, I got a confession first before I have to approach something that way. <laughs> because just to make it helps me. Yeah. Yeah. So it just helps me. And then the next day I'll be like, okay, Lord, this is what I'm going to do. Will you help me with the words of what I need to say? Because I know that he's not supposed, you know, he's also not supposed to be doing that. And we need to be able to work together as a team. So mm-hmm. it always helps me, even if it doesn't go according to what I planned, obviously, you know, I prayed about it before. And so God's going to do his will through me and this will, if I come to my husband that way and I tell him how I feel, then it's going to go on in his head and he's going to think about it. It might take a little bit longer, but he's going right. to, you know, he's going to think about it. No. So. And so sometimes if you were coming, I mean, it sounds like you guys work through this pretty well normally, but do you think it would be fair to come with a request? like that and just say this is how I feel can you think about it get back to me like maybe on the spot yeah what about other authority figures like um would you encourage women in these situations whether whether there's a husband there they're a single mom or they're in a blended family um how would she tap into other authority figures and just kind of to kind of provide that guidance and structure like coaches and teachers or grandparents or I don't know. Um, Yeah. I feel like having those boundaries set for yourself and really know what you need and want as a person. So when you go to another authority figure, like this is what I'm looking for. This is (laughs) what I need to make myself feel good. And what Sterling helps me do too, is like, I'm safe right now. I'm going to speak my mind and what I need and God's going to help me. <laughs> so, you right. know, just having those, you know, things for yourself to know your limit at the same time and knowing, okay, I need to do this. So like, if I go talk to a judge or something like, you know, I have this whole thing and it's, it's so beautiful that I, I, I'm so grateful God helped me design this because it has all these holy pictures and then all the bullet points <laughs> and it can really go for everything. So it keeps me on topic. And it keeps me all these. And if I need to have it in front of it, you know, I have that. So, mm-hmm. you know, just knowing your limits and knowing what you stand for and what your boundaries are. And, you know, I do this with friends like, hey, we don't appreciate when this happens and da 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 you know, and this is where we are in our friendship. You know, I'm, I have friends that don't really take care of themselves the way that we do. And it bleeds out, you know, mm-hmm. so 
there's mm-hmm. all these different things to make sure you are okay. Like you are your number one priority. So, right. I imagine you have to have <laughs> in place to take good enough care of yourself for all the people yes. that are counting on you to be yes. rested and kind and stable, yeah. peaceful. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and I'm still work in progress. I'm still going to be doing that every day is a new day and something new comes up and just making sure that I am, you know, close with God, I'm going to confession every two weeks. And that's still kind of pushing it. Because I noticed mm-hmm. towards the end of the week, I'm like, Oh, my patience is starting to get thin. And so mm-hmm. that really helps me be more clear headed as a mom and dealing with all of these different things. So yeah, yeah, that's great. That's super great. <laughs> I mean, I tend to think of like, getting more sleep and stuff, but it's such an yeah. important to tap yeah. into all that spiritual strength oh, yeah. that's there oh yeah taking, so yeah absolutely <laughs> I drink a lot of coffee because yeah. I have a couple of kids who are actually very nocturnal <laughs> including our four-year-old and so you know dealing with that she's a lot like my husband but we just know that they're called to prayer in the middle of the night like Saint Therese and so <laughs> you know we're just she's actually named after Saint Therese too <laughs> so I'm like oh that makes sense and so just being able, cause I don't sleep very well. And yeah. so I have lots of coffee throughout the day. And so that keeps me going. <laughs> right. Coffee and prayer. That's, yep. So do you actually pray with her in, at night? When yeah, she we wakes- try to. So my husband is usually up at the same time. And so he's actually going to start going to adoration at three right. or four in the morning. And he's going to start taking well, care because that's when she's up. So, oh, well, that's like next level making lemonade out of lemons. Like where's the melatonin? Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Melatonin doesn't work on her. It actually keeps her up longer. So what we actually do to make it work. So we both get sleep is I'll sleep until about one o'clock in the morning. And if he doesn't have adoration or if he doesn't get woken up to do prayers, then he'll sleep the rest of the morning and I'll stay up and then we'll take naps and stuff throughout the day. So (laughs) we just have a good you know, game going. <laughs> that is, that's, well, it sounds like you guys are like just really being creative. That's awesome yeah. to hear. And I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure if there's someone listening to this, that's in the middle of like the worst part of separation and all of the court battle, it'll be so reassuring for her to hear like somebody's on the other side, making it work mm-hmm. with a sweet person. Oh yeah. 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 It's building those spiritual muscles. Actually, that's what my husband told me on the way to my, my now husband, when we were on the way to one of my court hearings, he's like, just think five years from now, you're going to be looking back on this court date and like, wow, I can do that. No problem. You know, and that is true. Mm-hmm. It's we're building our spiritual muscles and God gives us these to make us stronger. And now it's nerve uh, court is still so nerve wracking but I know what I'm doing and I have that spiritual army. The court system broken is broken. And I know that, but I have all my evidence and I'm doing what I need to be doing as the mom. So, you know, right. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Well, I, I really hope that um, some people reading, listening to this are encouraged whether they're in it or whether they're trying to be that friend, be that stable person who stays the same, no matter what's going on. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. And where's, can you tell me where your website is again? Yes. It's blendedb.com. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And I know there's some free resources on there to kind of get people started and get a yes. taste of what you're doing. Yep. There yeah. are, there's, there's some for court fighting moms and then for blended moms. So 
in the midst of it, or you can do both too. So it's wonderful. Yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome. Thank you so much. Maybe You're we'll have so you. Welcome. Yes. <laughs>